September 16th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin. And let's start at the very top of the page. Says the Gemara, Amarav Yehuda, Amarav Le'olam. You should make certain that you don't bring yourself, you don't willingly enter into a situation of being tested. After all, David Melech Yisrael brought himself, says Rav Yehuda in the name of Rav, to a situation of test. It's not that he was tested, it's that he willingly took the test. Of course, this is a reference to each of us in our own lives. There are circumstances we know are dangerous to us Statement of Rav Yehuda Amarav is in those spiritually daunting circumstances. If you're not properly prepared, stay away from it. Don't assume you'll be successful. Don't willingly enter into it. He entered himself willingly into a circumstance of test, of nisayon, and he failed. Amar lefanav, here's what happened suggests Rav Yehuda in the name of Rav. Amar lefanav ribono shel olah mipenema omrim Elohe Abraham Elohe Yitzhak Elohe Yaakov ve'en omrim Elohe David. Why is it that in the Amidah, and as I mentioned yesterday, a little bit anachronistic, this is not during the time of David that we have that nosach of tefillah, but it's the reference, it's the general understanding. In Am Yisrael we have three forefathers, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, why is it that there are only three? Why isn't it that in the future, that in the present, exclaims David, there isn't a fourth one, and that's me, myself. Amar answers HaKadosh Baruch Hu to David, the reason we have those three, Abraham, Tzachak, and Yaakov, but not you, is because they're different than you. In who they, minnesuli ve'at la minsat, minsitli. They were tested by me, they with, withstood the test, you didn't. You haven't been. Amar lefanav responds David HaMelech kivyachol to HaKadosh Baruch Hu at that time. Ribono shel olam, master of the universe. Behaneni venaseni. Please, give me that test. Give me the ability to pass and to shine uh, with my ability, with my, with my ways of overcoming. Shene Emar, as the Pasuk says, Behaneni Adonai venaseni. Amar Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu in response to David, Minsan alach, I will test you, Ve'avid nabmilta bahadach tilidithu lahodaatinu, Ve'ilu ana komodaan alach, Deminsin alach bidvar a'irva. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu back to David, He says, listen, I'm going to do it a little bit differently with you. I'm going to give you a little bit of an easier time over here. Whereas <clears throat> by Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, as each of them had tests in their life, they weren't notified beforehand. They had no forewarning. They had no ability to know what was to come and to prepare themselves for you. I'll prepare you. I'm telling you, I'm giving you the nisayon in matters of uh, sexuality, in matters of forbidden relations. That's going to be your challenge. And so David prepared for it. He's got an easier time as a result of being notified beforehand. What's to come? Miyad immediately says the Gemara, it was in the evening time. Pasuk says in the evening time, David gets up and he goes for a walk on his balcony on his roof. The Gemara, before dealing with what takes place, of course, it's going to be a reference to the situation of David and Bacheva, but says the Gemara, it's the evening. Generally speaking, we get up in the morning and we go for a walk. Why is he getting up in the evening 
and going for that walk on his roof. Amar Rav Yehuda, shehafach mishkavo shel layla lemishkavo shel yom. What the circumstances perhaps were is that David, in his attempt to overcome the urge, the desire for uh, tashmish, for relations, uh, so he made certain that during the day he had relations, so that his mind was not on that throughout the day. He figured if he fills his appetite, his desire, at an early juncture in the day, at some point during the daytime hours, he won't be tempted, he won't be lured later on during the daytime. So his mishkav, which we generally speaking associate with nighttime, with a certain piety and modesty, he did during the daytime, but with a purposeful intent to overcome, explains Rashi, the urge and the desire throughout the duration of the day. However, and as a result, the Pasuk describes him waking up in the evening hour. He had just involved himself. He was fatigued, perhaps. So he's waking up in the evening hour. Uh, but if that's the case, then perhaps he shouldn't be lured, he shouldn't be tempted at night. If he was able to fulfill his desires during the daytime, so how's he going to now fall prey to Batsheva, to a circumstance that's, uh, that's looming uh, in, in the trajectory ahead. However, David had forgotten perhaps a halacha, and that is, or rather a reality, ever katan yesh ba'adam maspi'o ra'ev umar'ivo sav'a. As we have a ever katan, we have a, uh, a part of our body, of course, it's a reference to our part of reproduction, to our private part, that if you're must be all, if you try to satiate it, if you involve and engage in relations, uh, it's only more hungry. If alternatively you withstand, you withhold, you have the ability to, have to, 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 ex- to exert constraint and restraint, so in that circumstance, you're savea. It's the more you feed your appetite and your desire and your lust, the more you're driven to it. So David, in his attempt to overcome, thought that he'll feed it, and as a result, he'll be satisfied. Instead, the reality as we know it, hormonally and uh, in our own lives, as the Gemara, David didn't understand. This Ever, this part of our existence, works differently. So instead of being fulfilled, instead of his appetite being finished, his appetite is wet. The Pasuk describes furthermore how David, as I mentioned, takes that walk on the roof of the palace of the king. He sees a woman who's, uh, who's washing herself. And it's a very good looking woman. It says the Gemara, here's what happened. The circumstances that this Batsheva, of course, the woman whom David would uh, subsequently have relations with, she was kahayefa resha, she was washing her hair, she was bathing herself, tute halata, underneath a halata, she says a halata is a kaveret, that's a, like a, a nest of sorts. Uh, so something is to a certain extent blocking her. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, seems to say that it was kilata, uh, he writes, some sort of uh, barrier that's separating her. In other words, she was attempting, as she's on her roof and washing herself, 
to be somewhat modest. She's not doing it out in the open. There's something that's blocking her. Well, if that's the case, if that's the rabbi's vision of what took place, how does David have a chance to see her? Atas Satan idamele kesiparta. The Satan, the Yetzer Hara, uh, that inclination that each of us have uh, uh, appears and dresses itself as a bird. Patak uh, begira, David, in attempting to hunt down that bird, uh, shoots at it an arrow. Patka lehilata, instead of hitting the bird, or maybe in addition to hitting the bird, the arrow hits that hilata, that nest, that uh, that curtain that was separating between David and Bathsheba. Igle. Uh, she, in turn, is exposed. Vehazia and David sees her. Miyad, immediately overcome by the beauty of the woman, by the lust, by the circumstance, by the desire. Pasuk says, Vayishlach David, Vayidrosh la'isha, Vayomer halozot bacheva bat eli'am, eshet uriah hachiti. The pasuk describes how he finds out who she is. Her name is Bacheva, she's the daughter of Eli'am. She's the wife of a person who's fighting at war. His name is Uriah HaChiti. Vayishlach David Malachim. David sends messengers to Bathsheba. These are all Pesukim and Shemuel Bet. Vayikaheha vatavo elav. Vayishkav imah. Vihimitkadeshet mitumata. Vatashov el beta. Pasuk describes in turn how she comes to him. They have relations. The specifics in the Pasuk do say that she's mitkadeshet mitumata. What's mitkadeshet mitumata? Rashi in our Gemara explains that means she was after her menstrual period, meaning she was tehora from nida. You could have read the Pasuk wrongfully in the other direction. She's on her way to becoming kedosha, to purifying herself from her impurity of nida. As Rashi, that's not the circumstance. She was not a nida in that moment. Vatasho vel petan, she returns home. Uh, so that being the case, the Gemara has just, in the eyes of the Hachamim, colored for us the circumstance, situation of David's test from Hakadosh Baruch Hu with Bacheva, and it appears. I mean, that Rav Yudah Marav, his statement that we should avoid any test, appears to portray it as a failure on the part of David. Vahainu dichtiv. That's perhaps a fulfillment of this pasuk in Tehillim. Bahanta libi pakadeta laila seraftani baltimsa zamoti bal pi. So the pasuk is an expression of David in which David says, Zamoti, well, first and foremost, says, Bahanta libi pakadta laila. I had this, this, uh, I had this, uh, this, this test during the night hours. Siraftani, you attempted through this test, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to be misaref, to cleanse me, the same way we would take uh, gold or silver and you'd be misaref. That's what it's called when you're cleansing it and making, so purifying it. But baltimsa, you weren't able to, or I wasn't able to appropriately cleanse myself, meaning to overcome this challenge. Zamoti pi. The Gemara explains perhaps with those words at the end of the pasuk something about I planned or I should have planned and my mouth something having to do. Says the Gemara. I'll tell you what those words mean. Amar nafal befume vela amar ki hamilta If only zimama nafal befume. If a zimama, Rashi explains, a zimama is a resin. A resin, I think, is a rain. When you have the rain in the mouth of a, of a, of a horse, 
It has a way of holding back the mouth. If only, so to speak, the rain, R-E-I-N, had been in my mouth, he expresses it in the third person, the person who hates me, he's referring to himself, and I never would have said something like this. Said something like what? Said something like that to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if only you could test me. In other words, David's expressing regret that he entered into a situation of test. It was a mistake, I couldn't have overcome it. Question. No. So as the Gemara onward, Darash Rava, the Gemara will go onward with regards to these Derashot, about these Pesukim, with regards to David in his Teshubah, in his regret, in his, uh, in his sorrow and agony. Pasuk says, Lam Naseah le David Badunai Hasiti, Ech Tomeru le Nafshi Nudi Harechem Sipor. We're going to be Doresh specifically. Those words at the end of the Pasuk, Amar David David is turning to God and saying, Master of the universe, Please give me forgiveness for that sin, for that wrongdoing. So that people won't say, and now we're focusing on those words at the end of the Pasuk, What's that Pasuk? He's referring to himself as the mountain amidst you. As the king, he's like the mountain, he's the one who's towering above. Sipor nidato, a bird was able to uh, have him go astray. Of course, that's a reference to the Midrash we just had a moment ago, that it's a bird, the Satan, who dresses up as a bird, which leads David astray. That's the reference in the Pasuk as, as well, in the eyes of the Hachamim. Harechem, the Pasuk says that this mountain, Sipor, I was nudi from Harechem, Sipor, says the Gemara Amr, Darash Rava, my dichtiv. What does it mean when David expresses furthermore in Tehilim, Lecha levadecha hatati? And so far, I think we understand that. To you, directly, God, I have sinned. I've done evil in your eyes. So that will be right. Your words, you'll be righteous. The end of the Pasuk seems to describe, and without the derasha, the fact that my expression of admitting that I did wrong is to tell you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that you're right. Alternatively, the Hakamim read it as Lema'an, the reason I sinned is in order to show your righteousness. What does that mean? Well, the Gemara will tell us, Amar David Lifnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and this is a, a, a certain, just so you understand, what we've read until now with regards to David has been somewhat unapologetic with regards to understanding David as expressing regret and wrongdoing and, and feeling bad about what he did. We haven't been looking to apologize for David. This statement and a few others will suggest that David uh, was purposefully sinning to a certain extent. Amar David revealed and known Kamach in front of you, God, that if I wanted to overcome my inclination, I would have overcome it. I would have suppressed it. So then why'd you do wrong? But I said, I didn't want people to be able to say that the slave, the servant, overcame and did better than his master. If you were testing me and doubting me, and I overcame it, I'd be showing you up. Instead, I failed so that you would be the righteous one. 
Is it David apologetically expressing this? Is it the Hachamim? Not fully clear, but you do have references here and elsewhere in Talmud and in rabbinic literature that David HaMelech was in some way purposefully doing this. You have on the flip side the Peshat, perhaps in the Pesukim, the regret, the rebuke from the Natan HaNavi and so forth. Uh, you have uh, on the flip side a certain expression of David HaMelech could have and should have done differently. But you'll see it throughout this Amud and a little bit more in Perek Helek, that difficulty amongst the Hachamim to try to wrap their head around what truly took place with David HaMelech. Darash Rava, Rava has a further derasha. My dichtiv, what does it mean when the Pasuk says in Tehilim, Ubisal'i samehu vene'esafu, ne'esfu alai nechim, velo yada'ati, kare'u velo domu. The Pasuk describes Sal'i. What's Sal'i? Well, the Pasuk in Bereshit describes how Hava, woman, was created from the Sela, from the rib of man. Sal'i, in turn, is a reference to, to, in some way, a woman, a woman who's married, a woman who's connected to a man. Uh, what does it mean that they were happy and they gathered around me? And Nechim refers to crippled people and I didn't know, something I didn't know, and they tore apart, and there was, no, well, we're gonna read it as blood, that last word, we're gonna read it as dam. What's that expression? What does the pasuk mean? Well, says the Gemara here, first and foremost, it goes like this, says the Gemara, we're understanding that Batsheva uh, was Sal'i. Sal'i again means a woman who's purposed for someone else. Hava, the Isha, is taken from the Ish. If the expression in this Pasuk is to Batsheva, he's expressing it as if Batsheva was, was right for him. Uh, so what happened? Uh, the only problem was the way and the method with which David does approach her. Paga is a reference to a uh, unripe um, fig. In other words, the, t- the timing, the circumstance, the situation was wrong. Again, it's another half apologetic for David. This was the right person for him. However, the way in which he goes about it, which sometimes is the most important part, well, that was wrong. It was premature. It was the wrong circumstances. Says the Gemara, but back to that pasuk, darash rava, ma'idichtiv, the whole pasuk, what does it mean? What does the whole pasuk mean? Says the Gemara, amar David lifnei ha'kadosh baruch hu, this is a very telling and in my, in my opinion, uh, you know, deep message over here. I'm not, I, I mentioned this at the very beginning of the Perek for some reason. Uh, David expresses in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu not uh, a denial of wrongdoing, but rather, you know, God, you should know that if there, the Pasuk talked about a kiri'ah, it's a reference to tearing off my skin. If my skin would be teared off, and again, the end of the Pasuk had this reference to domu, and we're reading it as dam, blood. There would not be no blood which would spill out. What do you mean? Why would there be no blood that would spill out? I'm so embarrassed in the vision of, of our regular vision of someone who's embarrassed is that their blood, so to speak, uh, leaves, their, leaves their face. Their blood is... 
is, is gone from their essence. So he says, you, you should know, and you're well aware, Kadosh Baruch Hu, that if someone were to rip open my skin, you wouldn't find any blood underneath because I've lost all that blood over my embarrassment. But furthermore, says David, when the rabbis, when the scholars, when the judges of my time are involved in the various four ways of putting to death, they would stop and I'd be in the room and they'd turn to me and they'd say, all right, now that we're on Hanuk, let's turn to David and ask him his, his uh, opinion. David, David, we have a theoretical question, they'd say with a smirk on their face. How, uh, how does a person who has relations with a married woman get punished? And David says, and that's the expression in the Pasuk of being surrounded by the crippled ones, crippled in terms of their character traits. He says the other judges, the rabbis, the people of the time, uh, they're crippled because they're looking to embarrass me. How would I respond to them? How do I respond to them? I would answer unabashedly that a person who has relations with Eshetish, he gets put to death by strangulation. However, I would remind them, Ultimately speaking, a person who gets punished with one of the Arba Mitot Beitin, we already learned this earlier in the Masechet, there's a vidui before the putting to death. The Arba Mitot Beitin are a way, the Gemara told us in Sanhedrin, it tells us in Masechet Yoma, of achieving kaparav, meriting in a certain respect, a chilek la'olam haba. However, says David Aval, in contrast to my circumstance, those who embarrass another publicly, and of course he's hinting to the fact that they publicly are embarrassing him by turning to him and asking him, what's the punishment of Habal Eshet which of course is the circumstance with Bacheva, which David has this Nisayon with, as we were describing earlier in the Amud. In contrast to my punishment, a person who's Malbin Penei Havero Barabim, in other words, and that's why I say it's a deep, uh, deep and, and essential message over here, we have this way, and it's a tendency of human beings, to look at what appears to be the greater sin as the worst thing a person can do, forgetting that sometimes the more simple speech-led sins, the circumstances between people and personalities, could be the most everlasting. Why is it that Barabim is seen as more severe than, uh, than someone who commits adultery, than Hanik? If you recall, I mentioned this at some point earlier, Rabbeinu Yonah and his Teshubah suggest it has to do with the way, that's exactly the point I was just making, we understand and internalize it. When a person commits adultery, Every person understands this was inappropriate. Every person realizes afterwards, and anyone who hears about it understands, that was a wrongful act. As much as the person might want to, people might want to justify, there's no justification. That's infidelity at its core in the most simple sense. To be malbim barabim, we justify afterwards. We say, listen, it was just a split moment reaction. I just said something, they got over it. Nobody actually heard what I was saying. Nobody actually, he didn't actually, she didn't actually understand it that way. Uh, the fact that we justify it means that we don't allow a certain introspective side of ourselves and we don't change ourselves. So, in Lohilak la'ulam haba. Elsewhere, the Gemaran Masechit Bava Mitzian Dafnun Chet mentions three who don't have a Hilak la'ulam haba. Addition, I guess, to our Mishnah at the beginning of this Perek. So one is Hamechaneshem Lehavero. We'll leave that aside. The next two are very telling. The next one is 
Uh, well, one of the next two is a person who's malbin penei havero barabim. That's the statement of David HaMelech here in our Gemara. But the third one is the most difficult to square with our Gemara because the third one is Habal Eshetish, a person who has relations with a married woman. But wait a second, David HaMelech here in this Midrash is contrasting the two. He says, listen, I'm Baal Eshetish, but I get Olam Haba. Teshubah is lasting. I'm able to achieve Olam Haba. You who are malbin penei havero barabim, you don't have Olam Haba, but the statement of the rabbis elsewhere, Masichet Bava Mitziaz, I said, Anun Chet Amut has both of those in the same sentence. Tosafot, many of the Rishonim asked this question, Tosafot there, Masichet Bava Mitziah, has to deal with this and suggest that there's different levels and grades with regards to, to, to losing Olam Haba. When the statement is, it means they don't have an immediate We can still distinguish between them. We can suggest that a person who commits adultery with an Eshetish, that's a person who's Nidon Gehino, maybe for 12 months, and potentially only then achieves Olam Haba, or never achieves Olam Haba. The person who's Malbim Pene Havero Barabi, excuse me, person who's Malbim Pene Havero Barabim potentially has those 12 months big Gehinom, and then ultimately speaking, either is Yoresh or never is Yoresh, but the person who alternatively is a, a, commits adultery, that person maybe doesn't have an immediate entrance into Olam Haba, but it's a much quicker uh, entrance. Now these matters are not simple to wrap our heads around, but fundamentally what Tosafot is suggesting is to lump these into the same sentence and to assume that they're identical, that's what our Gemara is telling us it's not, so they might both be severe, but in terms of severity, we can still add a certain um, a gradation to them. Uh, says the Gemara, well, we'll continue with the Gemara next week. Baruch Amen. Amen.